0: play some hockey tonight. You are watching Gooch Live featuring Paul Rosen. I'm Gary Goulet. It's being brought to you by the good people at the Hockey News and, of course, Sports Illustrated.
1: And Paramount Sports Management, where hopefully... You never know; Gooch could be could be there in the next couple of weeks. Anything's possible.
0: You got it. Hey, listen, a great uh, night in sports. Of course, we have Cujo coming up, number thirty-one with your Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, but first, let's talk a little bit. There he is; still looks fit. Uh, no. Let's talk about uh, the games last night. Obviously, there were some pretty cool s- scores. Again, I hear that maybe you got one right.
1: Yeah, I think they got Vancouver again. They beat them seven-one. They beat them five-one, and then last night for three times uh, to beat them three times in a matter of like five days, four-to-one. I think I think Vancouver's on the rise, and I think the Ottawa Senators are falling fast.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. What's really good is that the uh, Maple Leafs won four-three. That was a great game. That was watching it. Uh, Our buddies, uh, Detroit Red Wings, took a little bit of a beat up
1: well yeah listen it's it's Detroit I think Detroit and Chicago are gonna battle uh for the uh, the basement but I think they'll be good in a couple of years you know we don't what have do Povolsky that kid's on fire. Joe Pavolsky's a hell of a player.
0: yes he is yep. all right uh going around the league uh I predicted uh Bernsie beating uh yeah. aka the old team from Colsey
1: yep you were wrong uh,
0: didn't work. Hey, listen, everybody that's joining us, thank you for coming along. Hi, Robert Wine, David Walter Carlson, of course, our good buddy, Barry Shelley. We're going to see you Sunday with all your boys, Dan Boivet, uh, Curtis Joseph coming up at 4.15. It's going to be a heck of a show with this guy, I'll tell you. We're going to have a lot of fun. What about those Montreal Canadiens? I want to hear your real opinion on.
1: I'm telling you, they're, uh, Gooch, they're looking good. Got two incredible goaltenders. I know Val loves Jake Allen and his kid Christian loves Jake Allen. Uh, Jake Allen's a perfect backup to give, uh, uh, Kerry Price a little bit of time off. Uh, I love their young talent. Uh, I love their veterans. Um, this kid, Josh, uh, Anderson. Man, I thought they paid a lot of money for him. That was a big contract, but the kid can play. He's solid. He's, uh, he, he can uh, move the puck. He can score. He can hit. I, I love the intimidation factor that Montreal has right now. It's too bad that there's no uh, crazy Le Habitant fans to go uh, nuts as probably JP and uh, the Flying Frenchman are, are you know, they're, they're, they're planning the parade down Saint-Laurent.
0: Well, we'll have them on Talking Tuesdays. Uh, they'll give us a good update. I'll tell you what, uh, Toffoli just doesn't stop. He's a scoring machine. Scored on, I don't know if you saw the replay, but it didn't look like he was even going to make it to the net.
1: No. Hey, you know what I just noticed? I'm looking, uh, Curtis Joseph. So, Gooch, my birthday is April 26th. You're April 30th. Cujo's April 29th. He's right in between. Is.
0: He's wearing my number. Uh,
1: well, yeah, on his birthday. I don't think that had anything to do with him. That's his parents. How about- and he was oh. born in 67, uh, you know, Montreal Big uh, Expo 67.
0: That's right. Last time the Stanley Cup was awarded to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And hey, listen, the Capitals, 6 3 winners over uh, the Islanders. And that was a strange game. It was 3 nothing for the Islanders. And I thought it was going to be a blowout.
1: Yeah, that, there's a couple of weird things going on. I thought at the beginning Boston was going to be brutal, they just keep winning pittsburgh has fallen apart oh. uh the, the islanders are not playing great hockey the the capitals despite the fact that uh you know ovechkin and the russian boys decided to uh do a little bit of russian private party uh, they're winning uh, it, it, it's kind of crazy right now
0: hey mamma mia nicholas you, buddy Fiere.
1: i can't see any of these so i don't know what you're doing
0: uh, he had me on the show yesterday. What a great guy. Thank you for that. Got a lot of compliments. And look at this. Uh Gregoire Savoy, all the way from Australia. Tyler Toffoli, my Habs for MVP. Come on, let's not get silly.
1: Tyler, they're not going
0: anywhere without care
1: Are they not coming up? Because normally when you put them, I can read them when you put them up, but I can't see now. any. Oh, there, now I see it. Tyler Tyler Toffoli for for my Habs, maybe a Hab MVP, not the league MVP. Hey,
0: listen, we'll get into all the scores now when we get our buddy back up. Uh, there's Nicholas saying, go Leafs, go. Let's go into the Leafs really quickly. They look good.
1: Yeah. You see that uh, that goal from Austin Matthews? He has got an absolute cannon. It's almost like he's got a seeing eye shot. Exactly where the goalie, uh, I'm not a big Toscan fan, but exactly where Toskinen's glove ended, and uh, boom, it was in.
0: Hey, Oh, yes, sir. Go Caps, go. We forgot to mention the big guy scored. He almost reminds me of the Big Bird. I was going to say the Big Bird. Of course, uh, Chara's not anywhere close to our Larry Robinson. I apologize for that, for even suggesting that. But what a goal. What a goal.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know it's nice to see him uh, have a little bit of success at his age. But uh, you know, I wanted to ask you—you uh, you watch that Leaf game? The the penalties—I think the refereeing is just horrendous. I, I'd love to have a, a rep or your buddy Paul Stewart on again because uh, the, to... the, the the slashing the calls that were nothing. they were basically, you know, Kerfoot takes three penalties. I, I thought well, it that one happy. was awful. It was. well that's awful. Uh,
0: great that you mentioned that. Uh, our buddy Bobby B. Is up saying refereeing in last night's Leafs game was horrific, and I will agree with that. I'm not, uh, I'm not that dedicated. Hey, listen, without referees, you can't have a game. So you got to have somebody in there. Uh, so I think uh, we have to be patient. It, as tough as it is for us, it's tough for them too.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'll ever be patient with referees, my friend.
0: Hey, Stephen, thank you, buddy. Matthews has a gooch type shot.
1: Oh, my God. Okay, well, Steve's never been on the ice to stop a good shot, so.
0: Well, yeah, okay, you got me when I'm 61. Uh, I didn't score 2,000 points without being able to break a pane of balsa wood. I can't do that now. I could not uh, break a a pane of balsa wood. Hey, listen, we forgot to mention, really important. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, in New York, the Rangers came back to beat the Buffalo Sabres in overtime. (laughs) Four three. Three, two. Three, two. And three. the winning goal was scored by number 13. You got it. Okay. <laughs> Who's number 13?
1: Uh Alexei Laprigny.
0: You got it. Got his first and it was a beauty. It yeah. was a beauty.
1: Yeah, it's you know what? This uh rookie with with allowing these Europeans to come in and play their first year uh, well into their 20s. I think the rookie season might be tough for a Lapinier and a Tim Stitzel. Uh, uh, did I say it right, Stitzel? Yeah. Stitzel. Uh, Pardon me, Tim. Um, yeah, there's a couple of rookies that are older Russians that uh, they may uh, they they may break the uh, what the rookie was supposed to be meant to be. Yeah, exactly. it is what it is. Your it first. Is.
0: Hey, listen, we're really excited. We've got Cujo coming up. We've got Derek Luck. Lucky is going to be with them, And our good friend, Wayne Kelly. They come as a threesome. It's going to be the three amigos. Uh, but let's talk about final parts on last night with uh, Nicholas. Uh, mamma mia, I'm on fire. Holding and slashing penalties are very weak this year. Yep. Can't agree with that more. Looks like new standard. Hope not.
1: But what they're allowing. See, I would be okay with that if they're calling everything but they're allowing defensemen to cross-check the daylights out of guys in front of the net. They're not being called, but they're calling the minorest little slash where guys are barely touching somebody. Come on, man. Let them play hockey or call it all, one or the other. Can't
0: can't agree with you more. Hey, listen to this. Think about this for a second. What a statement. Why does Gooch push all the hard names to pronounce? To you, Rosie, LOL. Well, I got Derek Lock, Lucky, pretty easy. Uh, Curtis Joseph. Coo pretty easy. And then my buddy, Wayne Cowley, Cowles. I said all the hard names hard
1: first. Yeah, well, definitely hard. Hey, you know, can I tell my referee joke really quick?
0: Yeah, okay.
1: So in 2007, I was the uh, master of ceremonies at the Royal Bank Cup in in, uh, um, Prince George, uh, BC. And that's where uh, the uh, uh, Jerome DuPont dupes, uh, he was coaching the Aurora Tigers. Uh, jimmy thompson's aurora tigers now and they won the royal bank cup it was huge but i spoke at the banquet and i had to introduce bob nicholson i had to introduce all the teams and the referees didn't want to do it but i said fine so i introduced the referees and then i i tell this joke and he got really mad at me but i said hey everyone uh what's the difference between the referees at the royal bank cup this year and ray charles everybody goes what i go ray charles knows he's blind
0: Oh my God, that's awful. Sorry for about that. Hey, Stephen Ellis, I am not worried about Lafreniere. Very similar start to his career of Stamkos and Jack Hughes and Joe Thornton. Good point. Uh, I'm not worried about him too. I think he's going to be just fine. It takes time, especially in that city. It's going to take. Oh, there's a there's time. no
1: doubt. Absolutely, I'm just saying with this Rookie of the Year thing and uh, a couple of these uh, older guys that uh, that have Riku status uh, could be tough. Hey, listen, just jumping
0: in one of those cabs in New York City, getting to the game, he's probably, uh, you know, poop scared. Hey, listen, talk about balance, balance. I think the league has a lot of parody this year. I think we're in good shape. I think it's going to be, as you said, I know we talked to the boys, Cowles and Lucky last time around if they liked the Canadian division. Both of them said they loved it. So it's great to see. Uh, Bobby B is expecting that.
1: uh, Hey. I think anybody that doesn't like the Canadian division doesn't like hockey.
0: All right, I'm going to let you do this one, Stephen Ellis.
1: Oh, not even close. What do you? Uh, <laughs> Thailand's, Thailand's national best national team goalie is Paterara, Pat Come on, Stephen. What the? What are you doing? Why are you doing that, no, here, Stephen?
0: You can actually say it. Hey, listen. Coming up next is obviously Cujo. Uh, we've got Derek Luck, Lucky, and of course our good friend Wayne Cowles up with us too. But let's talk about Cooch. Maple Leaf, last time he played, 2008-09, in 1999, he won a trophy. Which one? Yes, you said it, the King Clancy, awarded to the NHL player who best exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice and who has made a significant humanitarian contribution to his uh, community, and we know he's done that. Yeah. Uh, just as we go along we've seen his mask we'll see a picture of it in a few minutes it's uh, a snarly dog of course taken from uh, Stephen King's novel uh, which is really good, throughout his career he played for St. Louis Edmonton mm-hmm. Toronto Detroit Red Wings Phoenix Coyotes and the Calgary Flames where do you like him most?
1: Canada, Salt Lake City No, I Toronto Uh, yeah. He was the ultimate Toronto goalie, you know, Undrafted, you talk about perseverance, right? Undrafted, yeah. um, you know, Keswick slash Richmond. I think he'd born in Keswick and uh, lived in Richmond Hill. But the the type of kid who probably was told, and I'd, I'd love to ask him this, you you can't make it. You're not good enough. And then what does he do? He, he makes it and has a really, really good career. Like yeah. he was a hell of a goalie.
0: Well, we'll go to that uh, when we get onto his book. His book was great. I didn't read it personally. I was I learned from Larry King, don't read a guy's book before you interview him because you want everybody to be surprised just as you. I thought that was really good advice coming from one of the best ever, uh, who we just uh, rest in peace. All right, so 2020, 2002, you were there, Winter yep. Olympics, Salt Lake City. He also won a silver medal in the 1996 World Championships a silver medal that same year in the World Cup of Hockey, which replaced, as you know, Canada Cup. And in 2007, he won the ultimate trophy, the gold medal, Spangler Cup. I wonder how much fun that was.
1: Oh, I'm sure the Span- Well, the Spangler Cup is a, is a, a tournament that uh, everybody that's been there loves it. You know, it's beautiful. Davos, like, it's, yeah, Davos just- for Christmas.
0: Yeah, exactly. We're going to do that next year. And listen, we're just waiting for all the boys to get in the green room. I see cows. I see Lucky. We're just waiting for Mr. Kujay to get in. Then we'll bring them all up. Joseph retired with the most career wins, 454 of any goalie in NHL history who never won a Stanley Cup. Uh, but I'll tell you what, he was a Stanley Cup type of goaltender. Uh, it has been done only by Robert Luongo.
1: Roberto. Roberto. He
0: said. Roberto. <laughs> I'm taking, I'm going to show you. What? Luongo.
1: Yeah, Roberto Luongo, not Robert. I said Robert. Yeah, Right, I said Roberto.
0: I know, but I'm just, you know what I'm doing? I'm reading oh. off, I'm reading off uh, Wikipedia.
1: Oh, and that's an excellent place to get, uh, to get solid information, Wikipedia. No, but I
0: got other solid Wh- information. Wh- There's Wh- a book out. I don't know if you saw it or heard it or read it. Cujo. The untold story of my life on and off the ice. Uh it's gonna be great. We'll be able to chat with him about that uh when he gets up here. All right, a couple questions on the spangler gold was the best part. You, you know what? Unbelievable. Cujo wasn't the guy in Salt Lake City. No, he wasn't, but we've had these conversations. Joseph, you know what? You can't win without a great backup, and he's no backup. Listen, everybody has to give up time. You know that. You know, Gretzky doesn't play as much. All the guys don't play as much, so I'm oh, not worried about in, that. In,
1: in, um, in, yeah, but in Luongo, pardon me. Uh, um, oh my God, uh, uh, Berdura, think Berger and uh, and um, uh, Joseph. You're talking about the Olympics is different than, you know, when you're an Olympian and you're on the bench, whether you're playing or you're not playing, as an Olympian and that spirit, it's not like sitting on the bench in the uh, in the Stanley Cup final. Every Olympian that is there wearing that, and that's why I wore the Canadian shirt, you know, especially Salt Lake, and I want to talk to him about this. Yeah. Salt Lake was this close to not happening, Gooch. As, a, as an athlete in the Olympics and the Paralympics, we didn't know where George Bush was pulling the plug uh, up until a couple of months before Salt Lake.
0: Yep. Yeah. Hey, listen, we're just waiting for Val, our producer, to get back. Uh, I saw him on the phone. I think uh, he's probably ordering pizza, waiting for the Uber to show up, and then we're bringing the boys up. Uh, Your all-time favorite moment with Gujo, outside of obviously him being with you guys in 2002.
1: Yeah, um, you know, putting a gold medal around your neck is the ultimate. But uh, I I loved, you know, there's too many great saves that he made, but I think as a feisty goalie myself and having the problems I had with referees over the years, I still love when he blew out and skated out of the net and uh, and totally wiped out the rep and sent them flying. To me, that was the all-time classic.
0: That's right, Ray, Ray Scampanelli. He doesn't do these things. I've asked him many times to come on. He's always said no, but you know what? He sent a note about that and say, hello, Cujo, love ya, and he loves that. One of the all-time greatest moments for, for Ray, because he just loves that kind of controversy. Really apologize, we're just waiting for uh, Val. There he is, Val is back in the house. And we are bringing you Curtis Joseph Cujo, Wayne Cowley Cowles, and of course Derek Luck Lucky.
1: Are they coming up? Yes, they are. They're the boys. Oh, look at hey. all right. Look got at another. Which put Cujo? Cujo. He's Cuj- Cuj- trying to do something stupid like they did last time with the glasses, trying to be Robert Robert De Niro. But now with the well, there he's got the glasses on Cowley. Oh my God! Oh, they both? Curtis, are you a part of this organization? Wow,
2: look at that.
1: COVID safe. For COVID sake.
2: I can run and get a mask too. Hey,
0: they warned me about this. They said it's the only mask they wear for protection under the situation with COVID. I'm not sure those big naholes holes help, but... Hey, Curtis you know, it's scary times. Yeah, Okay. <laughs> So funny. Hey, we love it. Hey, listen, thanks, guys, for joining us. I know, uh, Cujo. it's great to have you. don't mind us calling us. Cujo. <laughs> I see you with Joseph. Um, there's the first question.
1: Whose dog is that? <laughs> we love it. Hey, listen,
0: Cujo, dog. we want to do three parts really quickly. I know you're really busy, and the boys want to have some fun with you, which we do too. Uh, but there are three things, obviously, uh, you know, playing in the NHL, obviously going over – Uh, and winning the Spangler Cup. Uh, I've been there. We're going to ask you about uh, DeVos, obviously 2002 uh, in the Olympics. And then finally, writing a book, Cujo. I've not read it. I learned from Larry King Live. Uh, Ask the questions, find out about the book, and then go and read it because I don't want to tell everybody the ending. So you can do that for us. that's talk to a nice way,
1: that's nice way for Gooch to say it was too cheap to buy the book.
0: No, it's because I've only read five books. It takes me a long time to read a book. Hey, listen, uh, Cooch, talk to us a little bit about your NHL career. How you got there, of course, is really important. Obviously, under these circumstances with COVID, and we don't know if you know, our junior players are going get, to get drafted. We don't know if our kids coming up for midget will get an opportunity to be drafted up in the OHL. But you went through. Talk to us about that, please.
2: Well, certainly I was uh, I was an overage uh, junior hockey player and uh, I would have never made it to the NHL if, if there was a year like this, um, but I played tier two junior as a 20 year old and finally got a scholarship. I didn't have a, any, any scholarship offers before that, so that year was extremely important to me and playing on a team like Notre Dame uh, that had Rod Brendamore on it, who was going in the first round to the NHL from Tier 2 Junior A Hockey. Uh, Every scout from the NHL had to come see Roddy, and every uh, scout got to see the rest of us also. Uh, Same with the colleges. Every college uh, had to go to Notre Dame uh, in Wilcox, Saskatchewan to see Rod Brindamore. And so, subsequently, they saw the rest of us also. So, Roddy really did us all a favour. We had 16 Division 1 scholarships from that team, which is unheard of. and. So I got to go to Wisconsin, um, which was amazing. Both goalies were leaving. So I knew it was a a terrific opportunity for me to get some playing time in college. And it turned out that I was undrafted. So it turned out I was a free agent and, uh, which sped things up and literally halfway through the year, there was NHL scouts coming to see me. And, um, it really happened overnight going from not getting a scholarship to, you know, being on being scouted by the NHL, so really overnight. And um, like I said, if we had a year like this, COVID, um, I wouldn't have. You know, I would have lost. I would have dropped that year and and never made it.
0: Yeah, so it's unfortunate, as you know, it's the first time, and I think uh, Paul has referenced 102 years, we're not going to have a Memorial Cup. I don't even know we're going to have a Memorial Cup this year. So it's just devastating. Uh, Here's Craig Campbell from the Hockey Hall of Fame joining us. All-time OMHA great team goaltender Curtis Joseph. A Banner hangs in the EG uh, Arena. Listen, tell us about an honour of that. Of course, you know, you've played at all the high levels. Uh, NHL gold medals, Olympics, of course, in the Spangler Cup, uh, you won, you know, a silver medal in both the World Cup of Hockey and the World Championships. That's got to be a pretty special moment where you can go back to that rink every day or every once a week, and you get to see that.
2: Yeah, to to get to play for my country. Um, actually, the playing in the uh, World Cup of Hockey was the first time I had played for Team Canada, and I thought Glenn Saylor had maybe done me a favour at that point. Um, uh, there was a lot of goalies that could have played, but uh, I re- I think I rewarded him by playing real well in the World Cup of Hockey. Uh, that was a great experience. It had all the great players in it. Um, it was um, formally uh, the Canada Cup, which we all watched uh, before, so very, very proud to be able to play that, and me and Marty Berdeur were were goaltending partners uh, there and in the world championship in Vienna too. So I played with Marty there and, and played with Marty again in the, uh O2 Olympics. So, uh, we were friends, but we were also, uh, competing, uh, and obviously Leafs, uh, New Jersey, we had a lot of rivalry. So, um, that was a fun rivalry with Marty and, um, a lot of great, uh, teams that we played on obviously in those few years, but, uh, I saw the picture of the Spangler cup there. I was, uh, I forget how old I was, but I was, Still wanted to play in the NHL and Kevin Pendergrass from the Edmonton Oilers uh, had called me and said, hey, Curtis, if you still want to play, you should go to the Spengler Cup and uh, go show everybody that you can still play. So it's like, wow, I haven't really been training. Uh, you know, I, I really want to do it. And I'm so glad I did because, you know, all the Canadian guys that I met over there that were playing, we had a blast and uh really we got better as the tournament went along so we built 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 and then uh we ended up winning the whole thing which was fantastic it was a great time and um
1: i would recommend
2: that tournament to anybody it was it was a lot of fun and a very special moment
1: yeah absolutely uh Curtis, I want to ask you a question. I've had the the opportunity to ask Marty uh, uh, a a few times about Salt Lake, and then and then about Torino. He he did yeah. one of the classiest things because in Torino, the the men's team ended up in seventh, and and our uh, para team uh, we had a terrible time in Salt Lake. So when we went into Torino, we we stayed in the same dressing room as the Canadian team, and there was a note on my stall as the number one goalie going into Torino, which I just thought as you know I was. 46 years old in Torino, and uh, right. it just meant the world to me, this bond that the Olympians and Paralympians had together with Canada. So I want to ask you about Salt Lake because a lot of people forget about it. You know, on September 11th, the world almost came to an end, and we didn't know as Paralympians and and you as an Olympians that whether Bush was going to pull the, the the ripcord or we were going to go. What was it like getting into Salt Lake, you um, before the 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 games with the way the world was what was it like the tension uh to to you guys
2: yeah it was a real uncertain time no question and for good reason so um so we didn't know what was going to go on but once we got there um you know it was uh you thought about the game and you thought how how big the olympics were and get to go in the village with the other athletes and really experience what uh winter olympics is all about which as you know, it's so much fun and, and so much different live than on TV. So you get to be behind the scenes and and then to see how much it means to the country to uh, to play for your country and the pressure that that two weeks means to all Canadians and to represent them. It's a whole nother level. Uh, so it was. Um, it was a, an exciting time. It was interesting. I got to see a few other events, but uh, definitely there's a lot of pressure playing for your country and having the whole country cheering for you and depending on you and being the favorites generally. Um, but it was fun. It was it was a great experience. Obviously, I, everybody in the team is, a, is an all-star. So, um, you know, some, you know, Hall of Famers were on the fourth line also. So it was yeah. quite a quite an experience it's quite
1: an experience let me ask you one real quick one about uh people ask me all the time uh only had a, I played in three games in salt lake torino and vancouver only won the gold once which you know people yeah, say yeah. only won once that's nice but when you're playing you want to win all the time so they always ask me where do i keep my gold medal from torino where do you keep the gold from salt lake uh
2: it's in the box and it's literally in a cabinet uh i don't have it displayed anywhere but i know where it is and uh um you know every once in a while I'll bring it out or if i have an appearance that i feel um, you know where kids can get to see it and 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 really it's kind of a, it's cool it's heavy um not many people have a gold medal so it's really a cool thing to share with other people so yeah. when i'm at home though it's it's in a, it's in a cabinet uh in the in the box the original box so uh mine's in my soft drawer with my cool. underwear
1: <laughs>
0: Good place for it. <laughs> hey, Kooj, uh, listen, I apologize. I'm not uh, being disrespectful. I can't believe how many emails and texts I'm having with questions for you. On the right-hand yeah. side, we do have some people making comments, so I really apologize. One great comment or question comes here from Stephen uh, Rosen, Paul's brother. How did you adjust the resizing of the goalie equipment during your career and also the new style of goaltending? Did, did you learn it? Talk to us a little bit about that
2: oh well first of all the equipment got lighter and and stiffer uh every year so even though i feel like i was losing a step every year though the weight of the equipment would drop at least a pound or two in the pads alone and so i felt like i was staying pretty level it's kind of like the golf (laughs) equipment and the golf balls yeah you know we're we're not hitting it as far as we should be uh We used to it when we were 20, but actually we are because the technology and the equipment gets better and better. So I feel like the same with goalie equipment, it got lighter and lighter and lighter. I think my pads in Edmonton were like seven pounds each pad. By the time I was finished at 41, they were probably two pounds each. I mean, that's five pounds each leg, just in the goalie pads alone. And when you see players measuring ounces in their skates, um yeah to, to knock off five pounds in pads in a relatively short period of time three or four years that's a huge thing your recovery getting up getting down getting side to side um, uh, recovery at the end of the game is just huge so the equipment really dictated that the goalies could you know could play on their knees and then the bigger goalies came in so i saw a huge transition in equipment and the style, too. The style got better and better and better. I had to go to goalie school when I was 35, 36 wow. and learn how to play on totally my knees, yep. even though I wasn't the tallest. Um, but it, it was the right thing to do. You Now, a five-hole goal, even if it's deflected, is a, is a bad goal in my book because oh. it goes through you. And back in the day when I first started, you know, a tip five-hole, hey, there's nothing you can do. But now, the goalies have so... Uh, there's no five-hole. There's no... There's not, not a lot of room, and it's very efficient, and the goalie coaches teach it, teach it so well. So that has come uh, a huge, sure. a huge uh, yeah. distance, and the goalie equipment dictated. Uh, look at all the holes. Like, look at all the net that wow. I see. I always say, yeah. I see it's funny, you know, but that's how we have to get up and get across, whereas now they just push.
1: So, yeah, um, that, that, wow. Real quick, that was my brother uh, said that. So my brother used to work for Doug Adair at Rec Sports in uh, yeah. in Aurora, and I know well, he used you know, go in there all the time.
0: Hey, listen, right. uh, Cujo, just want to do a shout out, Joey Lyons. I worked uh, I worked with the Leafs in the locker room during Cujo's. Final season wants yep. a shout out. Thank you for joining us, bud. That's really uh, kind of you, Joey. Uh, I know, uh, Lucky. Uh, we're we're going to talk about Cujo's book, but before we do that, uh, and what what obviously Cujo, what you think of the NHL now, the Canadian division? We'll get into that before we let you go. But I know that you want to tell us a little story about Cujo, Lucky.
2: Oh, oh no, Cujo. Oh no,
3: no. <laughs> uh, first. He's a great guy, I and mean, with them. Uh, we, we got to spend some time together. We went to an appearance in Timmins, and uh, great you time you're on a plane together. And we just we hit it off, and uh, I really saw a guy that cared about you know the workings of the team and the old arena and how things work. Spending time with all the fans that came out to meet him. And I knew right then that we were going to have a good relationship because he, he was so pure and, and cool. And when my wife sent him some jam and uh, he called by, he said, that's the best jam I ever had. Lucky, you better be sending more. me some more of that. <laughs> I need more. <laughs> so he's a real, uh, a real good guy to work with. And like I say, we just did a an exclusive uh, goalie mass deal with a company out of Montreal. And it was smooth. And. You know, it's just it, he's a good guy, like I say, to work with. I work with a lot of them, Dougie and the other Leafs. But kujo uh, has got a, a good heart and a good sense of humor. We uh, we go back and forth on the on the texts quite a bit. So I'll leave it at that. But we have some hey, fun, Cuj, fun together. That's for sure. I got an, uh
0: question for you, Cuj- Cujo. Yep. Uh what about the picture behind Lucky? Honestly, it's a sports uh, show. Here we. We're looking at birch trees. Uh,
3: you know. Yes, yeah. right. It's okay. Well, okay, hang on. Dude. There you go. Hey, All maybe right. it was the
0: sticks made sticks out of it or something. Obviously, well,
2: he has no he has no say in the decorating of his house, right?
3: <laughs> exactly. Oh, here we go. Hey, listen, you do not see you... the rest of the the aura though. Here there's a lot going oh, on love in this room.
0: It. Hey, listen on the right hand side, <laughs> another great question coming. Being a goalie myself and growing up loving the cool designs. Which one was your personal favorite, uh, Gujo? Pretty cool.
2: Well, yeah, obviously the Cujo dog, that's the one in St. Louis, um, which started it all. It's, it's, it's simple. Uh, It's clear. Yeah, that the the one with the trumpets too was my original mask, which is really cool. It's in the, in the, actually in the hall of fame right now, which, uh, you know, they can display it all they want. It's, it's tremendous. And uh, that was a good first one to start. But uh, having the nickname Cujo and, and designing that mask and it was really my persona on the ice and it was really well done and kids, you know, were able to use masks in minor hockey so they'd have Cujo painting. So it, uh, the Cujo mask is really close to my heart and it's who I am.
0: So that's uh, Gary from hobby cards. Here's a question from Catherine Prince from churchville Cujo in your book. When you were 10 years old, you played with the same Titan goal stick for four years. Did they not make a stick like that? Any? do they not make a stick like that anymore? Loved your book.
2: Well, you know, I got one stick and it lasted for four years. That thing was so heavy. Uh, You know, it, drag me around but it had the it had the uh, <laughs> plastic on the bottom of it too that's really yeah, to yeah. it so long but it was so heavy and literally it wasn't helping my de- my development at all having a, a a stick that heavy but you know what who's going to buy you a stick right so yeah, eventually somebody it. else bought me a stick and um they lasted that long i only played single a hockey so the shots weren't that hard Hey, Cujo, uh,
0: our producer is saying it was a great ball hockey stick because you wouldn't get slivers coming out of the bottom. Rosie, great yeah. question.
1: Uh, Curtis, I want to ask you one of my, uh, also uh, first before I ask Craig's really quick, um, one of my thrills is the fact that my mask is in the Hall of Fame also from the win in Torino, and it ha- it happens to be right beside yours and Grant Pierce. It's all in that little, there's a bunch yeah. of them, But there's you, Grant, Pure, myself, and to me, it's a Canadian goalie. It's one of the greatest thrills to be beside yours. Um, What is it like to have something like that, to be able to go down to the hollow house or have one of your family members call you up and go, man, I saw your mask in the fame?
2: It it is special. It's a special place, and uh, I get a kick out of it when I bring – one of my kids or bring a friend you know um because it's somebody to share that with uh it's like going to a good movie by yourself it's not really that much fun but if you're able to bring somebody one of your friends or your wife or somebody then you you have this feeling of pride because the hockey hall of fame for us it, it, us canadians i mean it's a place we can go and visit and see the real equipment that the guys wore i mean it's uh i get a I get a thrill out of it all the time going and looking at the different displays and looking at the different masks. Yeah, there, there's a good picture of it right there. So there.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, Craig asks, uh, who are the best uh, defensive D-men that you, uh, that you played with? Guys you could really rely on not to lose the puck in front of you.
2: Well, the obvious ones are Scott Stevens and mm-hmm. Nicholas Lidstrom. Uh, You know, two amazing defensemen that I had a a chance to play with for a short period of time. I wish I could have played with those guys for my whole career. But, uh, um, you know, at any time I got the puck in Detroit, I always faked to the opposite side of of Nick and then threw it over to Nick every time. Because if you got the puck on Nick's stick with uh, nobody around him, it was going to be out of the zone. So these are things that you had to know. But uh, those are guys that everybody knows about. But when I was in Toronto, uh, Dmitry Uskiewicz and, and Danny Markoff uh, were really uh, heroes to me. They played hard and in the playoffs when it meant the most. These guys would block shots. Um, and Leaf fans will remember. Um, I had a good relationship with Brian McCabe too. Um, you know, we always talked on the ice, so we always had a plan. And so those were special times. That's probably why I feel like we... We went so far as because we had uh, guys who cared and we had personalities uh, like the defenseman who wanted to keep the puck out of the net like I did too. So we were all on the same page and it really made a difference on the ice keeping the puck out of the net. So for you young guys and um, even in Rec Hockey League players, if you have a plan uh, to keep your puck out of your your net, um, it's very important and that's what you need for sure.
0: Hey, Lucky, I want to ask you a question. You hang with uh, Cujo a lot. You know him. Can you tell us something that somebody here would say, like to know about him? Uh, you know, is he does he play cards? Does he love movies? I want to hear from you. Uh, and then the last Cujo, how much do know, that you know him. well?
3: Um, I think he's a real family guy. That's for yeah. You yeah. know, from from a lot of talking, he spends. You know, he's a real. And that's the, one of the things I I'm was very impressed with. Families first, and friends are first, Fantastic. and he, uh, very loyal. Bill. And these are kind of accolades that you want to have and and emulate with someone is it's, it's awesome to know him. Every time we talk, it's, he always has time. It's funny. Um, but you can tell families first and his kids was very important. I think that was a big reason why he retired when he did, even though he was 42, he said, uh, I think he could have probably played some more, but I think it was to spend time with his kids. And if you saw the press conference when he retired, which I remember, um, he had his kids in the crowd. One, one couldn't go out of school, I remember. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, that was made really clear that family's first and family should always be first. And I think that was a big, big thing I got to know. And reading his book uh, and the journey blew me away. I mean, most, yeah. most guys don't, uh, don't go that way. But uh, very impressed. Uh, always good to be around him. Always has time to talk to someone, you know, take pictures. And he's very popular when he's out in public. Uh, no question. Listen, we're yeah. going to go to the
0: book right now. Uh, they're obviously, the Hockey Hall of Fame is saying thanks to you, Cujo, and, of course, Paul, for donating those masks. They're a big hit, an absolute hit when people come in there. Um, Al Kerr is asking. We'll, we'll get that uh, later to you. I want to ask you about the book. Obviously, um, how, did you – Paul's uh, had his memoirs written. I've written a book, but it was about concussions. It's a big job. And uh how much fun it it's it's a lot of fun at the end of it, especially when you see that printed copy. Walk us through that because it's called uh, Cujo the Untold Story of My Life on and off the ice.
2: Yeah, it's uh something that my wife was, you know, she would pull things out of me, which I didn't talk about my childhood ever to anybody, but um you know, she's always like, you got to write a book. It's a great story. And, and of course, I'm, I'm thinking about all the guys I played with and all the stories that they had. And I'm like, eh, I don't know if I have enough for a book. But once I would wrap my head around that the book would be helpful to a lot of people, a lot of kids uh, dealing with pressure, um, you know, how to make it, you know, different things that my childhood went through. Once I realized that it was going to be a helpful book for a lot of people... Uh, it was easy for me to say, okay, and also uh, collaborating with uh, Kirsty Day was real easy. She's terrific to work with. We spent a lot of time. We spent a year together, uh, a lot of times, five hours at a time. We'd say, okay, we're only going to go an hour and a half this, uh, this time, and we'd spend five, six hours at a time, uh, and it was great. And she was, she did her research. She would call my friends. She would call anybody, and we'd have stories and we'd read them together and i'd be like wow what a great story this is what i was thinking here and i'd elaborate on it and we just it was a great exercise uh to do and i knew the the bottom line was that it's going to help people and kids who read it so uh when you have an attitude like that it's easy to do 100% 100%
1: Yeah, for sure. Hey, uh, Valor, producer, we couldn't do the show without him. He's behind the scenes, but he does. He presses all the right buttons, tries to make us look good. Sometimes he makes Gooch look good, but he's asking about the outdoor games. What was it like to to play in the outdoor games?
2: Oh, it was always an honor when you got asked to play. Um, You know, I got to play in uh, two Toronto-Detroit games. Uh, they were a lot of fun and a lot of hoopla when the, when the Leafs uh, have an outdoor game tons of fans come out um, I'll remember one specifically and I mentioned in the book uh, Wayne Gretzky had asked me to play for the Oilers because uh, Grant Fjord couldn't play at knee knee problems and uh, Andy Moe couldn't play and it was going to be in Winnipeg uh, In October Wayne got to pick the date <laughs> So we're not none of us were day. freezing. So we got to play in the uh, in the in the football stadium and, uh, so my kids, the backstory to this is that, uh, my kids asked me, dad, who owned you in the NHL? And I'd be like, ah, oh, nobody owned me. And meanwhile, I'm thinking of, you know, guys who scored on me in certain situations, the guys who had my number, maybe Steve Larmer when early in my career, or Steve Thomas, when he was in the Island, you know, these guys could really score or Marion Hossa was another, another one, but anyway, they go, okay, dad. Nobody, right? Let the, so they get on the computer and they check and they go, Timo Solani, oh my gosh, I think he's got 35 goals on you. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> the memories, the memories all come flooding back. They all come flooding back. Nightmares. Anyway, at the end of the game, Timo's got like five points. And I'm, I'm closing the game. Somebody trips Timo in the other end. Penalty. He gets a penalty shot penalty. with no time penalty. remaining. Here he yeah. comes down to win the game. Sure enough. He snipes, uh, snipes on me to win the game. The Winnipeg fans are happy. Everybody's happy. I'm retired, but I'm not happy. Like you as an athlete, you wanna, doesn't matter whether you're retired or not. So I get in the room and I sit down on the bench and my phone is beside me. Billy Ranford's over here, and my phone starts the buzz on the bench. I'm like, oh. I pick it up and look at it. It's my middle boy, Tristan, and I read the text that goes, still owns you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was, was
3: I was great. at that game. I, I was at right. that game. It was a it was it was wild. what killed me about that game was
0: the
1: weather was beautiful.
0: Oh that it was. A, was. A I was actually I was actually yeah, so at that it, game too. It, it was, How was great, great was game. that?
1: Did you go five-hole on yeah. you there? Look, the puck went five hole.
0: How cool was oh, that, Because it was a great <laughs> yeah, it was in that that outdoor stadium was just perfect. It was perfect weather. Uh, what a yeah. moment, you know, Gretzky back on the ice. It was great to watch.
3: Yeah, i you gonna say to you, Curtis, thank god you didn't go to the first Edmonton one because I was at the yes. first outdoor game, it Montreal. was 35 below. And I could tell you, I some passed, I think Paul, I went with cough and he passed me a beer. and The time he gave you, I looked at it, it was frozen. I yeah. go, dude, like what? It was so cold, it was so cold. Yeah, and there's the, the land.
2: It's amazing uh, they listen. canceled the rest
0: of them. Yeah. The first yeah. That's right. On the uh, right-hand yeah. side, there's a couple more questions Uh before we let you go. I know that, Paul, and Lucky, you guys want one more question with him. So, But I just want to get to the people here on the right-hand side. Uh We know goalies can be very unique and very suspicious. Did you have one post-pre-game? Is there a ritual uh, there that you could tell us?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I always – I never wanted to, I know goalies are quirky and a little different and, and players try to stay away from them and not bother them. But I always, I always wanted to be uh, accessible to my teammates if they wanted to ask about the other goalie or, you know, different yeah. plays. And so the, before the game, I was, I was fine. I could talk to anybody and everybody. And, uh, but I, you know, if things were working, you're playing well, you did the same routines. You stretched in the same corner of the dressing room. You, you did all the you tape your stick the same way. Everything was at the same time. So I had routines, no question. And my thing was, I never wanted to be that quirky guy that you couldn't talk to on game day because I felt like I had a lot of information to to be able to help, especially on the other goalie down the other end. So my thing was when I stepped onto that ice, when my foot touched that ice, that's when I turned the switch to my persona was Cujo and be a warrior out there. So that was my thing. So, I can tell kids, you know, you can be a great teammate and, and and have fun and enjoy the game. And the moment your foot touches that ice, you're in the zone. You're a different, yeah. you're a different guy. You're a tiger.
0: And listen, one more question before you guys get at Cujo. This is a great question. Um obviously <laughs> they're trying to learn the game. Curtis. What was your attitude and mindset with the other goalie partners? We've heard stories from other goalies being, you know, kind of quirky and that sort of stuff with it. I've heard that you aren't, of course. I've I've hung around you a couple of times in some of the celebrity games. You're always there for everybody. Uh, Did you let them – did you help them in any way, especially somebody that's coming up? Did you take time out for them because they all looked up for you?
2: So being a goalie is very interesting because – your goalie partner really is your competition, also. So you have to be friends with him, but yet you want to play. So it's an interesting tightrope and a dynamic. So you're always evaluating your goalie partner, uh, being friends with him, helping them. and uh, it's it's a it's a tough thing. You, you're you're so competitive. You want him to play well, but you want yourself to play better. So it's funny. I my goalie. Partner was always best buddy. And uh, actually in St. Louis, Vincent Riendo was the first guy who taught me how to be, you could actually be friends with your goalie partner and still be competitive. Um, He really taught me that. He, uh, I remember being in St. Louis and he had the number one job and I was going to get it and I really wanted it. And he'd call me in the afternoon and goes, hey, Curtis, uh, Marie-José has, uh, has got something to do. Can you pick me up? And I'd always be like, man, I'm trying to take this guy's job. And he wants me to come pick him up. So uh, you know, being young, you know, your, your maturity level isn't quite there. And I would go and pick him up, up. And he really would talk to me about other things in hockey. And he really taught me how to be a friend and a goalie partner. And uh, I'm so glad I had him to start with because he really taught me the right way. And, and how to do it, and so I was always there for advice. And I, I'll tell you another story. Actually, up in uh, in uh, Calgary, and Kippersov was uh, my partner, and I was older than him. And he was he was the guy. He was the guy who was going to lead us to the cup. So um, you know, I went to him and I said, "Hey, Kipper." And he was a little standoffish at first, and he thought, "You know, we're competing for the job. We are competing, but um, you know, he's a lot younger than me. I'm not going to be able to play." 60 games a year. And so anyway, I went to him and I said, Hey, if you, I have a Rolodex of shooters uh, in my, in my head. And I played against these guys a lot. If there's any time you want to know about a player, where they're going to shoot or anything. I had a photographic memory of a lot of players and uh, especially guys. We're playing uh, Colorado, especially a guy like Joe Sackett. Cause I've seen him a million times. And he goes, yeah, it's cause some goalies, they're quirky and they don't want to know where guys shoot because it's going to get in their head. But he goes Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Tell me about Joe Sackett. And I said, listen, if Joe Sackett gets it. It's going to take him a split second to get it away, and he's going to go low blocker. That's his favorite spot. And so, literally, first minute into the.
0: All right. We've lost our buddy Cujo. Hopefully, we get him back. Uh, like <laughs> Talk to, to us a little bit about. Uh, you know, there was a question about um, him being a leader. Like a lot of people don't know that he was a leader, a quiet leader in the dressing room. As you know, Paul, sometimes the goalie is kind of quirky and laid back, but he was just one of those guys that you really knew when he was there. He was leading that team.
3: He he was a good. I mean, he was great teammates. Any teammate you talk to that mentions Cujo or played with Cujo, first thing you'll say is, guy, I love that guy." It's just he was always there for the teammates. I don't think he, you never heard anything about him off the ice. Nope. You know, he never got into any drama. He's always going to be that stable rock. And then when he played, but I, he's so right. When he, his foot hit that ice, competitive, oh, my Lord. Even in a charity games, you know, like when you scored on him, you think he'd want to kill yeah. you. Yeah. So he was always that guy. guy where other goalies I met, I can remember the first time I met a, a pretty famous Hall of Fame goalie. And they said, oh, Lucky's in the back there getting ready, told you to come back. I go back and he's standing against his locker naked. And uh, he's talking about the deal he's we're doing and he won't turn around. So he, he turns around and then it was just like, blah, 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 blah. He's going off about this teammate and that teammate. I'm going, oh my Lord. But that wasn't Cujo. You know what I mean? Cujo, I've never heard him say a bad thing about a person ever.
0: Yeah. No, You
3: know, he always saw the good side of someone. And that that was why it's great working with him. Um, Like I say, that trip to Timmins, we had a blast. And we went up to the Timmins Rock and we did some stuff with the junior team up there and spent the day. And, you know, what do you want to eat? Subway is good enough for me. So it was never, you know, he just was, you know, meat and potatoes, really easy to get along with. But he's lived quite the life, too.
0: Hey, Paul, obviously you've watched him play and and uh, perfect his game. What's the one thing you can say about from a goaltender's perspective about his style?
1: I think to me the biggest thing with him is he was a winner. Like he, he refused to lose. Uh, you know, maybe wasn't the most technically every goalie has got this technical style sometimes they want. But I think with him, the thing I loved about watching him was he would do whatever it took to stop the puck whether he had to stand up, whether he had to dive, whether he, had, he handled the puck really well. A lot of people might forget that, you know, in an era where not a lot of goalies were real good puck handlers, he'd come out of the net. Um, but I think more than anything, uh, defensemen loved him because of that refused to lose attitude. Yeah. Lucky, uh, as
0: we let you go, obviously we've lost uh, Kujo. I know we'll get him back someday and we can ask him a couple more questions. Absolutely. But, uh, you read the book, of course. Talk to us a little bit. And Paul, you know, you've done your memoir. So and of course, I know how difficult it's to write it. How easy was it to read? I had a couple. I was just reading a text saying uh, from Robert, our good friend, of course, Robert Wine, who, you know, struggles to read. He can't read a book. So we're going to make sure it gets on Kobo. How easy was it to read?
3: Well, I tell you what, I did did your approach. I didn't read it before I met him. Like, I've known him. I see him at events and that, but really start working with him. I didn't want to read it first. So I wanted to meet him, hang out with him, get to know him. Then I couldn't wait to read it. So I remember as soon as that Timmons trip was over, I sprinted it down, and I got a copy of it. And I read it all in one night. I couldn't put it down. And I'm texting him as I'm reading it. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Really? What was it like? And then there's some childhood things that I had, and there he is coming back. That were similar to my childhood so there's some things that you know everybody has and i think the honesty of the book was what really impressed me he went in areas that he was obviously wouldn't be comfortable in but is comfortable in talking about because it does it, it will help someone that's going through a similar path know that no matter what you have going on you can make it if you put yourself Listen. and set yourself up for success you can make it yeah and that's Great proven right there by reading it Look, great point.
0: Looks like Cujo's uh, above the 407. Oh, wow. So we're having a little bit of Wi Fi. <laughs> hey, thanks for coming back, Cooch. I know it's oh. difficult with Wi Fi sometimes. It's yeah. just great to have you on our show. If we lose you, it's okay, but we really appreciate the time that we've had from you. And I just want to see if we can get uh, one more thought of you. Um, sure. as you. As you continue on doing great things here in Toronto, I wanted to ask you what are your thoughts? On the NHL, obviously the Canadian division, everybody's going to want to know that. And, of course, what do you think of the Toronto Maple Leafs right at this moment?
3: Go, I,
2: I love the I love the, the North division. I think, uh, I think the NHL, they were thinking safety first, but they knocked it out of the park. They really did with the, the Northern division. And, and being a Canadian, who doesn't want to see all the Canadian teams compete against each other and see who the best team in Canada really is. So, what? I, uh, kudos to the NHL. They did a great job. And um, the Leafs—they uh, were my—they uh, were my prediction to 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 win the division this year. And they're headed that way. They've gotten off to a tremendous start, which is key in a short season. And you see Freddie Anderson rounding into form now, which is going to be great. He's going to backstop uh, the team to be able to play offense. And so I really like this team They're They're hitting on all cylinders right now. Uh, I love the addition um, of Joe Thornton. Uh, I know he's out right now, but that guy is a warrior. He's a leader. I played against him a lot. He's a great passer. He just plays the game the right way. Tremendous influence for those young guys, even though he's hurt right now. And that's what they needed.
0: Hey, uh, Cujo, we see, uh, obviously, the the third-string goaltender for the Leafs. Uh, I just want to – I know Paul wants to get in and ask a question about goaltending. I want to ask you, obviously, the Leafs are riding with Anderson. Uh, We now know that Campbell's hurt out for a couple weeks. How much pressure is it on Anderson to know he may be going, as you know, Anderson – or, sorry, uh, uh, third-string goalie who we don't know who you are. How much pressure is it on Anderson and now, of course – Michael Hutchinson, it's got to be because they're, they're on a run and it yeah. certainly looks good.
2: Right. Well, there's two ways to look at it and it depends on your personality as a goaltender. So it may be right now that uh, Freddie's going to play a lot of games. And if you're a goaltender who knows that even if you have a bad game, you're probably going to be in there back again because uh, you're, the number two guy is hurt and he was playing really well. So it takes a little bit of pressure maybe off of uh, Freddie. And to play in Toronto with a little bit less pressure is very important. Uh, it generally uh, makes you play better when you don't have as much pressure. So watch for, it's no, no coincidence to see that Freddie's on a bit of a roll. And I think, uh, you know, it's unfortunate, but, uh, you know, Freddie knows he's going to be in there most nights, even if he plays bad.
0: Hey, could you look like you're still in shape. Could you be an emergency goalie?
2: I could play one great game. That's it. Oh, that's, that's all they need.
0: Done for the year. That's it. That's it's not all not want oh. to be,
3: but
2: wearing Yeah. wearing this
0: for five minutes. For five minutes wearing this, and I'm already dizzy. So I don't know how oh. you can play with this. Hey, um, Lucky, you were dizzy before you put this thing on. You're right. I was.
1: Kurt, my uh, my last question or last comment to you, uh, and I really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, oh, as a, as a fellow goaltender, uh, I love the way you handle the puck. I love your uh, your your uh, strength and, and perseverance in the net. You know, it took a lot to put one by you, and you got pissed when uh, when when went by you. But in my career, I played ten years for uh, for the Parrot team. I had a reputation with the referees around the world. They did not like me. I did not like them. I know you didn't have many run-ins with referees, but you had the oh. one famous one. Talk to us about that, and then thanks so much for doing this.
2: Yeah, um, you know I had some uh, other run-ins with Mick Magoo before, and uh, Mick Magoo. I I, I, to, oh, yeah. I always like to chat with the referees and our job was to see everything that happened, right? And so if I saw that the referee was missing things, I would mention it to him. And uh, maybe <laughs> didn't like that. Well, you know, sometimes you can, they're human too. Sometimes if you point out enough guys who got away with penalties against your team, they'll call one in the other way. And then you get a power play, you score, you win the game. So I always talked to the referees and wanted to know an explanation why a blatant call wasn't called or, Anyway, they probably thought I was a pain in the butt, but I wanted to win also. <laughs> so uh, forgive me for that. But I, I felt like I was interfered with on that play, and I—I was it, it was a boiling really? point. I wasn't playing well in that game either. <laughs> that was probably a factor. But at the end of the day, and I always talk <clears> about <throat> this, we ended up winning the series. And sometimes, well, as a goalie, you're in a leader leadership position, as you know. And when the goalie loses his mind, and I wasn't, you know, I didn't like to single out certain people, but sometimes your teammates stand up and take Mm, attention and go, Absolutely. We got to be better. We got to be a little bit better. And I feel like we did that and we ended up winning the series.
3: It's funny. uh, I I just want to say one thing, too. And that's what we talked about last time with Anderson. I said maybe that's the only thing a little missing. Maybe you should punch someone once in a while, show some fire because I think that would get the boys riled up. But I want to just say quickly, too, because before you go, Kujo, I want to thank yeah. you, because when I asked you to come on with me and you said yes right away, I really appreciate you doing that, because these guys were, were pumped, and I know a lot of people were pumped that you were able to come, Absolutely. even though you're in warm Arizona right now. And oh, that's my, why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That yeah. makes
0: <laughs> sense. He's close <laughs> to the 407. Hey, Kujo, just yeah, before we let you yeah, go. Yeah, he's close he's to the 407.
2: He, <laughs> there was a
0: question here. Were you – I can't recall off the top, you, you caught with a hand and then you had to move your stick around to shoot, is that?
2: I was at a, being a right-handed shot and catching with my left hand because I played baseball before I played hockey was a huge disadvantage at handling the puck. So I had to figure out a way to be able to handle it and be effective. Uh, so I could shoot left, but I could stick handle right and I could use that backhand flip and land it in the other team's zone. So I worked on that from day one since I got in the NHL. And I felt like it was a weapon. I remember Joe Sackett coming at me one time, full blast, and I turned around and he's like, oh, the pitchfork, the pitchfork, the pitchfork. Because it was like a pitchfork (laughs) and he didn't want to get hit in the face. He didn't want to get hit in the face with the follow through. So it was an effective tool, especially killing penalties.
0: Yeah. All right, Cujo, thank you for all your time. I just want to let you go on this. Rob Weir is coming out and saying, listen, Cujo, you do so much for charities all across the, the world, and we thank you so much, uh, and specifically at Sick Kids, Thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of our show. Lucky, thank you for getting us the opportunity to be with Cujo for a few minutes and hear about one of the all time legends in Toronto and, of course, in the NHL. Congratulations on a great year. I know there's lots more to hear from you. I'm going to now buy the book, and I'm going to read it. It may take me a year, but I'm going to read it, buddy, because I'm a slow. Tell you guy. what,
3: Kerry, I'll save, I'll save you the money. I'm going to send you a book. Yeah. No, we'll sign no, it. So there you go. We'll get it. Yeah. Okay. I'll get Personal Cujo to book. sign it. We'll get an autographed copy sent to you. Thanks, you Cujo. Fantastic. <laughs> Thanks, Lucky. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right, buddy. A Thanks, lot, guys. lot, guys. Take job. care. Thanks for having me, Rosie. Yeah.
0: Take care, Rosie. Right. See you, guys. All right. Two great guys. That was good. I love the masks.
1: Yeah, I he uh, where did Cowley go? He was on for the first 30 seconds.
0: Yeah, Cowley, uh, I don't know. Oh. He uh, I heard I saw the phone ring and off he went. He probably had to, I think he's doing Uber Eats right now.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> well, God bless him as long as he's working.
0: My son is a huge fan. I just had to say. It is his, his name is Austin. Thank yeah. you, Jacqueline.
1: Well, I'll tell you real quick. So Jack and Anderson, who's a family friend, uh, her son, Austin, incredible kid. I just spoke yesterday at his school for him and his classmates. Uh, this kid is a absolute gem. Uh, his grandparents were a huge supports in my teenage years, especially her, his grandfather, uh, Brian. Um, uh, but Austin, you're the man, brother. We love you.
0: Hey, listen! That was a great show. I'll tell you what—we had a little bit. I thought he was in. I thought he lived up in Vaughn or something like that.
1: No, oh, he's in Arizona. I thought you knew he was in Arizona. I don't know that. Oh, okay, I should have told you it's that from time. the beginning.
0: Yeah. Hey, listen, we got some great uh, shows coming up. I've confirmed—not the date, but I've confirmed. Dave Tiger Williams. How about that one? That is going to be one. show among shows. Uh, don't forget tomorrow. We got talking with Taylor, and we've got the Rink of Dreams. On Sunday, a very special show. You got to make sure you check it out. Barry Shelley has got four guys coming on that were was involved in Youngblood. They're involved in Slapshot, and it is going to be a show of shows. Do not miss it.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Joseph, no question. Example, all Bobby business on ice, and the kindest person off the ice, no question.
1: Yeah, just. Let Bobby B know tomorrow I'll be there at Jimmy's in the afternoon. Uh, you can take a couple of Bobby B bullets at me.
0: I want to do a big, huge shout out to you, Kevin. Hune, uh, thank you for being a part of our show. Robert Weir, thank you, bud. Hey, another great show. Absolutely, Tommy. You know why? Because you've got great fans like you to come on and ask the questions, those hard questions we want to know about. What is he before a game? We forgot to ask him that. And I did want to get him. I know we lost him for a few seconds. I did want to ask him, who was the toughest shooter? You know, we talked about Steve Larner. Uh, I think I heard Steve Thomas. I think, there, is there a... He
1: Steve said Evers? Joe Sakic, and, uh, you know, and then his kid obviously said Timo you beat him 35 times. Maybe we'll uh, be fortunate enough to get him back on again. You know, maybe one of these days we can get an all-time goalie great show with uh Eddie Belfour back and Cujo and maybe I can get Marty Berdur on. That would be that would be cool. Are we gonna go look to our scores? Yeah, we're gonna do that really okay. quick.
0: Hey, we had our buddy uh as Bell says, he was King C. I knew he was north, just didn't yeah. know where. I think he had a
1: him and uh, and uh, um, Wendell, they were King City boys. Uh, he used to go in. My brother used to work at uh, Doug Adair's uh, Rec Sports in Aurora. He used to go in there all the time. My brother told me.
0: All right, Val, get up here. Let's get through these games. There's only one tonight. That's it. I want to say this right off the bat. Yeah. What is wrong with the Ottawa Senators?
1: Well, take, you know take a number. They, uh, I think it's their inexperience that you know we uh, they're going to be a good team in a few years, but let's not get crazy. You know they got a young team, great coaching, and they'll be there eventually. But Vancouver started to put it together with three wins in uh, in in Vancouver uh, in a matter of five days against the team. And you know Toronto tomorrow night if they beat Edmonton, they'll have won four games in six days in Alberta. Never happened before.
0: Listen, I promise you, Anthony, all the way from my favorite part of the world, I've never been, Tasmania, we are going to organize an all-time goalie show. That's going to be fantastic because you know what I'm lining up? Paul Stewart's helping me. We may be getting Carrie Fraser. We're going to do an all-referee. That is going to be an amazing show.
1: They may not like Bobby, me at the end of the show.
0: Yeah, Bobby's asking, do you remember the shooting demo we did with Big Brothers Canada?
1: I do. I do. I do. Rick Blyb was there
0: from Holland Landing, if I recall. Okay, here we go. Rosie, your brother's already coming on. He's ahead of us. I just wanted to go. What is going on in Pittsburgh? Now yeah, that's we know that Rutherford's gone. Uh, the next general manager, a lot of names were thrown around. I heard Mike Fuda. I'm going to get Foots on the show really quickly before he gets that job and we don't get him back on the show. Yeah. Um, What's going on, guys? Are are the Pittsburgh Penguins done?
1: I don't no. think they're done. I think they're just in a little bit of trouble. And I think it's, they're the reverse of Boston. We all thought Boston was on the downslide. Boston's actually been playing great. Tukarask is on fire. I I think they uh, they look good and Pittsburgh looks bad. But it's still a long. There's you know Montreal's only played six games. They got 50 games left. Like let's 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 pump the brakes a little.
0: Okay. Hey, listen. Of course, uh, last night Alexei. Uh, Lafreniere scores his first one, overtime, 3-2 against the Sabres. It was beauty. Did I pick that game right?
4: No, we never picked that game last night.
0: Oh, then I picked it right. <laughs> well, I'll get the bonus point then. Give us the stats. Give us the stats,
4: Val. You know what? It was a good night overall. Uh, Paul wins the night at 4-0, and plus one bonus for the right scorer. Uh, I went 3-1, Uh No bonus. And Carrie, you went uh, two and two, bottom of the pack.
1: Hey, okay, with the night before, with the, hold on. The night before, I was three and zero, so I'm seven and zero right now. I'm gonna quit right now. I'm done. No question. Seven and zero.
0: Back. I'm coming back. Listen, I want to say this. I'm really annoyed at Tim Hortons. I told you that story yesterday. What, I did feel they charge that,
4: you for your coffee today.
0: I forgot. No, but I forgot who I picked, so I don't even know if I won anything. <laughs> They don't show anything. Oh, really? Hortons, please, tell, send me a copy of what I picked. I think my <laughs> wife beat me
4: <laughs>
0: in in the Tim Hortons <laughs> contest. All right, listen, one game tonight. Let's talk about it. The have. Chicago Blackhawks, who are playing way better than those Detroit Red Wings. Sorry, Val. Oh, uh, up against the Columbus Blue Jackets. And when will torts shut up? Like never. seriously, he's still trying to defend himself because he knows he's in the wrong. If you're not in the wrong, you don't say anything. Shut up. And I think it's uh uh
1: He's never gonna shut
0: agent up. has basically said, I'm sick and tired of listening to it. Yeah. I think it's Patricia, let it go, it's over. So
1: I think the only the only Bois, class I think the only class in the situation is Dubois, who said nothing negative whatsoever. I think thing is never going to uh is never going to say anything. What does that say? I am making a call. Sid's going to be traded. Not a chance. No way. Forget it, Bobby. Sid's not going anywhere.
4: Sorry, so, so he, so you know. is, is, sorry about that. Is Torch actually still on this uh, road trip of uh, Dubois?
1: Yes. He said, things, oh, he, said, he, what he said yesterday was uh, anybody that uh, that's talking like they know me, they don't know me, so they don't know what I'm thinking or what I'm saying. So, Johnny, know you. shut up already. You, you, you
4: know what? Let yeah. it go.
0: Famous words. Let it go. It's
4: not let, an let,
0: let this one go, and we're going to wrap it up right now. Yeah. Bobby B. Bobby B. I am going to go on record with Bobby B. I think that's the right call. No. I say, Sid the, Sid, let's stop calling Sid the kid. I heard that last night. I said it, it, he's a little over the kid part on, on the show last night. You know what? I think he's going to be traded. I so, think your general manager comes in; they're going to get a bucket full for a rebuild. You'd be crazy not to. But Sid goes before Geno. Yep.
1: First really? All, they're not going to get a bucket full for him, to be honest with you, in my opinion. And I don't think <laughs> Merrill Lemieux, as long as he has any type of ownership in Pittsburgh, they're not. He's not going anywhere. Sid is going to be one of these few guys is playing his entire career in Pittsburgh. He ain't going anywhere. And if he does. Man, I don't know. That's a sad day for Pittsburgh. I,
0: I, think, I think there's a good story and, and, and an intelligent move. I think Marilyn Muse smart enough to know he's got good value. If that team still falters and it doesn't look like it's got a future, give Sid an opportunity to go win a couple more Stanley Cups before it's over. I don't think Pittsburgh Penguins sit in the position to have a long rebuild. I agree, but – with Sidney. I I think their issue
4: right now is their their goaltending. The kids are starting to get uh, trying to get a rhythm and everything. Like, but I'm surprised you'd say Malkin would stay before Sid would. Sid. Would I know everybody saying
0: Malcolm will go before Sid. I,
4: I I thought I would think so too. But hey, weirder things have happened this year in the start of the
0: season, right? So I used to be yeah. in the life of a party. Now I'm a Debbie Downer, so I can't yeah. help it, guys. They don't,
1: they don't trade Crosby, and then somebody's got to pick up his contract and everything else. It's not. Oh,
0: that. you're not. Come on, Paul. You get a chance to have Sid, Sidney Crosby on your team, even at this stage in his game. I watched him; he still is magical. Sure, he is good.
1: Pittsburgh's not letting him go. There's no way they let him go. They might as well just give up for the next ten no. years. It's not going to happen. Oh got ten years. Come on. Who, what do you think a team's going to give you for Sidney Crosby? You think they're a- going? You think the Rangers will give up Lafreniere for for Crosby? A I don't think
0: about it. The Leafs I think well, the
1: Leafs they're going to give up a guy who's got a few years left for a guy who's got potentially 15 years there.
4: I'll not tell a, you right now: agree to disagree.
1: All and of the us. The Leafs, not the Leafs. Chance. It's been 58 years for the Leafs. Sidney Crosby's not it's going to be traded. I mean, not right, Let's see. Both let's of you see are insane. both of you are insane.
0: But you know what? Probably smart insane. I don't disagree that that it would be a big gutsy move, but I think they need a big gutsy move. I think Pittsburgh is not gonna put up with the losing. And they don't look good. That team doesn't look good. Watch the game last night. Yeah. Their biggest asset is Sidney Crosby. And if you wanna if you if you're gonna go into a rebuild, ball, yeah. but why would you why would you rebuild with Sidney Crosby? Lemieux already,
1: Lemieux already said they're not rebuilding. They made I think they made a bad play on their goaltending right now. It, Murray was not the guy to let go, although he's not looking phenomenal in Ottawa. They're maybe they go and pick up a goalie, but they're not trading Crosby.
0: they will go to Montreal. Sadly, I love it. All right, let's get off the Sydney. Kick. Uh, let's get into tonight's game. We didn't hear scores. I'm looking at Anthony's all the way from Tasmania. Six four Hawks. Holy mackerel! Yeah. Hawks four three from Stephen.
1: Paul. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, uh, uh, Sue Ben's playing for the Hawks. Um, not a Sue Ben fan. I don't think he's uh, he's a, a goalie that can uh, do anything. The Hawks are playing good, but I think uh, Columbus, despite the fact that John Torello is uh, is an absolute lunatic, I call uh, Columbus to win five to three.
0: I'm going to go with your brother. I like it, Steve. I think there's an upset. They have been in every. They played well. Considering where they are, I think they're going to sneak out a win, and it's going to be a 4-3 win for your Chicago Blackhawks. Don't forget, for the Jets, my mom's favorite team, surely. I mean, I Jets. got
4: burned the last time with the Hawks, showing them some love. So I think today I'll just uh, go with the Jackets 4-2 and watch the Hawks win, actually.
0: Black and Eden gets to start tonight. Let's see if that works out. All
1: right. Who? who's L- L- not two bench playing that's
0: well, your brother you guys have brotherly fight all right guys you've been watching gooch live featuring paul rosen that man there with a the canada t-shirt on our fantastic producer i knew you were going to pull up that that little video of cujo running in uh captain and uh, go. yeah ray scampanello he said, "Gooch, can you bring it up?" And Paul, you brought it up. Thank you for that. All right, guys, have a great night. Only one game tonight. I guess I'll get some sleep. Uh, get my voice back. I am ready for tomorrow. It's gonna be Gooch one and oh, because you didn't pick the Hawks, did you, Rosie?
1: No, I got Columbus, but I'll be able to know if I get that one, which will be insane.
0: Al, who did you pick?
4: Uh, I I uh, went with the Jackets. Also. Okay, my score. The, who's winning?
1: Said the Jackets.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll make it up.
1: All right, kids. Good night. Good night. City will be pen forever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's play some hockey.